Stira Sukham Asanam. The posture for yoga meditation should be steady, stable, and comfortable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mat podcast, hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Hi, guys. You know, it's funny. I, like, was listening back to a couple episodes, and sometimes, right now it's not so far out, but sometimes we record a little bit far out of time, and you were checking in with me, and you were like, so, what's new? And I was like, oh, nothing. Nothing's new in my life. And by the time that episode aired, I was like... Everything was new. Everything was completely flipped over, so I thought that was kind of funny, but... um, That's how it works sometimes, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, how funny is it? Yeah. But uh, anything new coming up before we get into the podcast? I guess everybody knows by now because we kind of announced it that you're heading to Miami. I'm heading to Miami like tomorrow. Wow. So that's a little little crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here we are. And the pod will be safe and sound. So that's yeah. that's great. Um, what else? That's enough. It's just like yeah. a move is a lot, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a very big living space. And I, I mean, I loved our apartment. And... I was like, oh, it's it's not that big. I don't have this much stuff. Mm-hmm. And you start going through it, and it's just so much. So much stuff. <laughs> so much stuff. And just emotional baggage to, as you unpack the literal baggage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Yeah, for sure. No, I hate moving. We won't, We will be moving this year at some point, hopefully. But yeah. I'm going to just put it off as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> You got to be ready for it. Yeah. Just because of everything that else that comes with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's all it's all going to be an exciting new adventure. And, yeah, I think yeah. That, that's about it. But today we, we're going to talk about sutra number 2.46. Yes. So we I think we've done one other sutra, which was the, the very well-known, like the four attitudes to cultivate yeah. for four different people. So we're taking a second sutra from book two, which is the book of practice, which is the most applicable mm-hmm. book that if, if you're reading the sutras, it's it's divided into four padas. Um, and pada just means like mini book or, you know, segment. Um, and if you're confused about what the sutras are, it's just a philosophy text that we use to guide living our yoga and practicing our yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really liked this one because it's one that is applicable to, um, both yoga and, you know, your life. So the two words that, as you heard the intro that Emmanuel said there was, I think, stira and sukham. Mm-hmm. Um, and stira is effort and sukham is comfortability, ease, um, grace is mm-hmm. sometimes translated into. Um, and we thought that was a good one to kind of talk about. So why don't we Think about maybe how does that apply in the yoga room, the idea of effort and ease. So before we even talk about balancing it, just where does effort and ease show up in the practice, do you think? So, I mean, so many ways, but... Yeah. In the physical practice, it's funny you say before we talk about balancing, because I'm like, because it's balancing (laughs) the two together, but the practice of yoga requires effort, Mm-hmm. It's something that you should engage in and feel challenged a little bit so that you can 
find your edge and grow past it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that it is super fast or super hot mm -hmm. or it can be you can find a challenge in holding something for a very long time or you can it can be very challenging for someone to move slower and i think sometimes we we associate effort with like working harder breathing faster sweating more but there is a real effort that needs to be put forward to achieve a, a place of stillness and i think this is what it speaks to it's like effort in finding stillness in each pose. Mm -hmm. So if we think about the, the like asana can mean pose or shape, but it really kind of means seat. And I always think about it like you want to find your seat in every pose that you flow through. Mm -hmm. Like a place where you can arrive, feel, breathe, and then mm -hmm. depart from. Yeah. And I think it's speaking to itself. If we, we can look at it at so many layers, but it's effort to go to the practice is in itself an active effort. So showing up for your practice is effortful, is discipline, which I think they go hand in hand. Um, and then the other piece is the ease of the practice is, it, it is such, you're right, I'm just like, let's hold off on the balance, but you're right, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's like, you have to balance effort with ease because you go beyond the point of your edge, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And when we have a practice that is only effort, it leads to injury. It leads to mental issues. I would say anger, disappointment, comparison, comparison. Um, so effort on its own can actually be pretty dangerous. So that's why the sutra is kind of saying you have to have both. You can't just have an effortful practice. You just can't have an easy practice or ease-filled practice. Mm -hmm. It's about the the dual nature of kind of yin and yang. Yeah. It's the same components, right? Like yang is more effort. Yin is more ease. Yeah. Comfortability, I would say. Um, and I think a good yoga class and what defines that, but it has both. Yeah. Like the instructor, sure, your uh, your job is to take effort and ease, but also as the instructor cultivating both in a class. And how do you think an instructor cultivates effort and ease within a, in a physical practice? Well, there's For, so least, many yeah. ways. There's so many ways to do that. But you can present your students with a, a sense of effort. Like for me right now, I'm very much into finding places where we hold for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. I think there's been a big trend in the teaching to flow breath to movement or to go really quickly, which I think is beautiful because it allows the body to, to just go and mm -hmm. the mind checks off. And I think a lot of people, not unfortunately, but by default, because the world is what it is right now, they come in to check out. And when you are in a pose for a little longer than inhale, exhale, you have to check in, you have to become right. present, you, your body starts to speak to you and you land. And I think that's very challenging. You know, that brings effort, uh, a sequence that involves some things that are different right? Mm -hmm. Maybe new transition will require an effort in listening. Mm -hmm. And that can be sometimes people don't want to listen, they'll tell you like, Oh, I had that was like brain yoga, like they'll take my class, right. and they're like, Oh, this was hard for my brain. That is effortful in itself. Mm -hmm. If you go that route with a sequence that's different, or a little bit more intricate, and you can also if we take it to a deeper level, change the perspective of effort and present your student with a dharma or an idea 
that will invite them to mm-hmm. put some effort into introspection. Mm-hmm. And that can be challenging for people right. too. And so it doesn't have to be, although yes, we're asanized the physical component of it. To us, and I think I speak for both of us, there's also the yoga beyond the mat that's mm-hmm. super important and you can challenge people there too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that effort, like in my, the practices or the offerings that I teach are similar to yours in many ways, but the effort in a very literal sense sometimes is like the physical buildup. Of the poses. So, the you know, like we're building usually to a peak pose or a peak sequence. Sometimes I do a peak sequence rather than a, than a central pose. For February, I did poses. So I did inversions for the whole month. And then I'll do a master class actually nice. um, this weekend. But I think that is very obviously effortful. Like you can't usually, unless grace descends upon you, which it has, you, you're not naturally good at it inversions you usually have to find a way in mm-hmm. um so i think that's a very like obvious the effort sun sanitation like some of the poses are clearly effortful poses and then the literal ease for me in a class is like the release so it's like showing up at the beginning of class the pauses in class i think are ease i don't think that that's like absorb everything in those moments that's why i really prefer and there's no there's no like way to do it but like moments in class that it isn't you get a child's pose you lay on your belly and you do this too not just at the end of class like actually during the peak part of class or a part where you reassess yourself and then clearly shavasana is an ease but also an effort it's a little bit like it's a bit of both yeah Yeah. like it is an effort of just releasing yeah but then it's an ease to it once you get Get, there yeah um so i think that's like my translation of it um and i think As yoga teachers, we can see people who are, when we were planning this, we were talking about like the two types of people. There are people that are super effortful people in class. Mm -hmm. And then there are super, super, super. Super. There are super super people. (laughs) That are really kind of ease oriented, right? Uh, And that can be for lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be something unknown to them. But I think we should speak a little bit to what an only effortful practice might, uh, you know, give you and what an only ease-filled practice would give you or what could give you. Sure. Do you have any thoughts on, like, that? Well, I wanted to kind of touch up on the ease because I've pretty much only mentioned the effort. But the ease part, I do think for me, I look to the breath. And there's mm-hmm. there's different things that we can do to manipulate the breath. And before, after, or during, we can use certain techniques to get us to a place where we want to go, whether it be heat building or cooling or mm-hmm. different things. But ultimately, as we move through class, the breath should be a place of ease. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good indicator because you can be physically super involved. But to me, when you're breathing in and out through your mouth forcefully, you've lost the connection. Yeah, you to shouldn't the be practice. out of breath. You shouldn't be out of breath in any yoga practice, right? So I just wanted to touch up on that because mm-hmm. that's a place where you should definitely find ease through the whole experience, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing with your body. And I think people sometimes get confused right. um, with that. And that's super important. Uh, when it comes to looking at a practice that's solely effortful, 
Well, we've all we've all seen it. I we've think. All done it. Yeah, we've all done it. And just go hard, <laughs> go hard or go home. You know, mm-hmm. go in. And I think what it comes to be is more of a workout. And there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah. whatsoever. But you lose the sweetness. You lose mm-hmm. the connection piece to me. Well, and I think effortful classes only. They're. <sighs> And this is fine, again, but it's not necessarily teaching yoga as a way of life. It's te- teaching exercise. Yes. And we've taught you and I've talked a lot about that, which many teachers actually just stick with the exercise and read a nice little quote at the beginning and the end and call it a day. And that works for many people. Um, but we don't just want that. Like the, the idea is yoga is so much more than posture. And it's really... I would say it's appropriation to only bring exercise. I think it's, re- I might even say disrespectful mm-hmm. to the practice of where it came from. Yeah. You know, like that's like really a disservice to, to people. It's like, why only give them one tool in the toolbox? What if that doesn't even touch their need? And it's just cutting it so short. It's almost like jipping the student of all of the other things that are available to them should they decide to explore them within this yoga world, which we know, like I always like to say, the asana part tends to be the entry point for a lot of people. Yes. Because of the way that the we do things in the West. It's like a group class, which is an attractive things to do for many people. Like, well, let's go take this class together. Let's go do this together. And people come and they get to experience it. But ultimately they may do that at the beginning and come for the workout. But I I do think that yoga is a way of working its magic and people end up staying for different reasons that are a little bit deeper than just like, Oh, I sweat. And my Apple watch told me I burnt 400 calories. Right. Because you can mm-hmm. burn more at berries, let's be honest. Yeah. Like- <laughs> right, right, right. There's, there's different yeah. components to it. And I think effort in itself, too, only effort also leads to injury. Yes. So that's like the clearly the obvious one. But when you only lead a practice of effort, you're likely to get hurt. I have ripped my hamstring. I've hurt myself by going too hard. Um, not good. Like, why would I do a practice? And this is some of, you know, I'm in a mentorship right now, but this is like, why would I do a practice when I'm an aging body? Why would I always do the same practice? That makes no sense. Mm -mm. My body is changing over time. My circumstance, my emotional experience. So why would I only do a power class forever and ever and ever and ever? Yeah. Like, I think I used the analogy recently on social media. Like, if your car needs an oil change, why are you driving it? Like, your oil's going to burn your engine. So if you keep showing up to the classes, great, but maybe you need something else once in a while and to trust that. Yeah. And the practice, the effortful practice to me mm-hmm. tends to be very goal-driven. Um, and oftentimes the goal kind of stands outside of herself in a way like, okay, I need to do a handstand or I need to whatever it's could be and what it does is it kind of bypasses checking in and it bypasses the whole experience which is what yoga is all about it's about the journey and it's about the journey to yourself inwards poses shapes are just tools that we use to get there and when we're really goal-driven and we forget to kind of 
enjoy the journey and bring it back, say, okay, it's really about what I'm going through right now and how this is formative for me. Right. Completely missing the point. Yeah. And I think it's a, a fleeting achievement. When you nail a pose, then what? Then like, on to the next you, one. So, yeah. And that's like a good thing and a bad thing. Or, you know, like yeah. it, I think that um, that spoke to like one concept I recently taught was this idea of stability ability and vision and it talks about how forever we're trying to reach vision and that's goal attainment and once we reach it then we fall back down and start all over again Mm -hmm. so that's like good for people to know that yes it is important to strive for things and really the process is important but the outcome isn't so much doesn't matter like if you know like i had mary dana actually told me that you know if you can't touch your toes bend your knees (laughs) <laughs> like, actually, everybody can touch their toes. Yeah. And I think that that's like, yeah, you kind of, like, honestly, it's probably the same feeling. Like, I touch yeah. my toes. It doesn't last very long. It's a bit shocking. And then for maybe for weeks and months, you can still touch your toes. But cool. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and no, and then nothing else. Yes. Um. So I think that's like an, uh, an effortful practice. And there also are rewards, like you said. Of course. Like self-discipline, like being able to, to stick to something and feel good that you did it. Like that feels pretty good. It makes my self-esteem, my self-worth, like, yes, I got it. Yeah. So there's benefits to it as well. Absolutely. But it's balancing it with ease. And if I were to ask you, what does a solely easeful practice look like? What would you say? Oh, my. I mean, I would, <laughs> I would say that it's it's... I would say that it's, this is generalizing, but I would say from the student perspective, it's just kind of showing up, but not really putting any work in, which means you're not going to get a lot back. So, you know, like bang for your buck, that whole saying, you're not going to get any bang for your buck. Yeah. You're going to show up and kind of be there, but there's no transformation taking, like nothing evolves in inertia. Like, nothing evolves in staticness. Like, things evolve and grow through movement, mm-hmm. through through putting pressure under something, and the shape yeah. changes. Healthy stress. Yeah. So, use stress, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Um, so, I think a e- really ease-filled practice is, like, you're not growing at all. You're kind of just there. Um, so, there's no, like, momentum. There's no magic behind it. There's no transformative thing and i think we personally from like having been a teacher for a couple years Mm. now you tend to see more of the effortful practice but you do see the people that are just there Mm -hmm. once in a while i'm like how much longer are we gonna just (laughs) be there be there and expect grace to descend upon yeah it's almost like i'm waiting for my turn well that's the whole idea of the law of manifestation which gets so it, it got a lot of publicity in the past few years you know it's like that is great but manifestation just doesn't happen. Like you don't reach your arms up to the sky and God says, oh, a million dollars. No. <laughs> you know, hot husband, rich life. Like that actually doesn't really happen. You know, you, you actually have to put effort and plans and be in the right place at the right time for grace to descend, to descend upon on. Yeah. you. Um, so I think that's the other side of it. Um, And I think that's kind of a good segue into taking that concept into for those listeners that are not practicing mm -hmm. yoga asana and saying, okay, like we've been talking about this for 15 minutes. How does that relate to me? Right. Um, 
in a life outside the studio? I mean, that's so clear. I mean, it's like, I think we really are, what we all need to strive at is balancing effort in our lives and downtime and ease. And it usually shows up as one as two ways. And people will be familiar with the terms type A and type B personality types. I mean, that's kind of the straightforward, um, you know, I would say we're both type A personality types (laughs) that need to be maybe a little more type B. And I, you know, I might even be more amped than you in the type A uh, <laughs> I think it depends on the seasons of our life, but right now, probably so. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but type A are the people that are running around, that are busy, that are fe- like constantly going, always striving, doing that type of stuff. And then the type B are kind of like unmotivated, down, not down, but like eat like slow slow like i don't care whatever Whatever. apathy yeah a bit like and they're actually easy going right because both can have positive and negative attributes um but i think they're both kind of like detrimental in access right like just like anything else (laughs) what would you say if someone is super type a what can that lead to like a, a very effortful person living in life that is going at their job 40 plus hours a week going hard at the gym like uh burnout <laughs> yeah yeah like it well, it leads to a lack of awareness and i think a lack of awareness mm-hmm. of yourself but also of others and the way that i tend to see it for people is like they have such high expectations for themselves mm-hmm. and and i've been there myself like oh, no, I just hold myself up to this standard, but I don't really care what everyone else is doing. That's not really true. So if you hold yourself to such high standards, there's a good chance you hold people to those standards too, which makes it really, really hard for you or for people to connect with you. Because if, if like, I see you running around and doing, like, 20 projects at the same time and and traveling and just going 100% and you're like, oh, that's fine, you can just chill and work part time not that like i'm um, you know what i mean yeah you're but generalizing ha- right i yeah. feel like i probably look at you and be like i can't relate like i don't have i don't do all of the things that right. he does hence like i must not be as good as him right so there becomes like a, i recently was working with in therapy or i always work with it but all or nothing thinking or absolute right. thinking like we often attach our personal worth to productivity, mm-hmm. which is not healthy and not a way that you should live your life. Like, am, am I a productive human? Uh, and that's too effortful. When you attach, it's all outcome-based. It's like, what about at your core that you're, you're just you? And that that's great too. Like you said, there's none of that comparing that happens. And I think like really busy bodies, and I, I do this, I think that being busy is actually a dissociative experience. Mm-hmm. It, it allows you to tap out and distract, which we need to do. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. We need to <laughs> recently. We need to do sometimes. I have also partaken in them, um, th- those experiences. But we're really trying to cultivate mindfulness if we're working to be like more present, yeah. m- less absent, uh, more involved and aware of our life. So the busyness doesn't allow you to tap into like what's going on right now. No, it takes away. That's so, why I said right. lack of awareness of yourself and others. And then it creates a, a friction when it comes to connection. It makes connection with others yes. and with yourself harder. Hard. Because the further away you get from it, the longer the walk mm-hmm. back. 
And so, and for some people, they'll just tell you, well, it works for me. <laughs> I know. And you know what I tell them? It works for you until it doesn't work mm-hmm. is what I, what I um, say. Like, sure. Okay. Let me know when some <laughs> life event happens yeah. or something that doesn't go your way and your rigid, rigid schedule or your job changes or you get a new boss or your partner does something that you don't approve. Like, let me know how it's all working. Yeah. So I think that you're right. People say, what's working for me? Right. And because it comes with, it goes along with the Western values that we have of productivity, Mm. uh, efficiency, being good at your job, doing a lot, making money, which Mm. are all positive things to a degree. Right. And then you turn them off, you go home, you chill. Mm. (laughs) Um, And if we look at someone that's more of a type B, what do you think well, I think type B, you know, being the, the, I think it's an easy out to not participate in life. And uh, I, I know that's a big statement. But do you I, know what I said to Alyssa? Did what? I tell you this? No. I was like. Oh, you did. I Share did. that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I've been going through some massive life changes. And um, Alyssa does my energy healing, of course. And I laid on the table and I looked at her and I said, recycle me. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm ready to be recycled. Just, I can be a tree. I can be a rock. Anything carbon-based. Yeah. But I need an out. I need to lay down for a little bit and not feel. And I think that that's, sometimes we get to this point when you're really attuned. Life can be a lot. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But not participating or getting recycled, well, yeah, it's an easy out. Well, yeah, it's totally like a, a way to um, just not engage in the difficult moments of life or the more challenging aspects, which, again, if you don't do them now, you're going to have to do them at some Later. point. Like, life will catch up to you, I promise. Um, so the more adversity you can actually face and deal with and the more effort you put into it, the more prepared you're going to be for the future. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard one, right? Like, um, and there'll be moments where we just aren't ready to participate. Like you said, recycle me, you know, like <laughs> that's like going to be my new mantra yeah. when I don't feel like I want to tap into life or like show up. Um, but I think that that's okay. But just realize when you don't do that, you're, you're missing out on the potentiality of life. Yeah. And of course, I'm not a tree. I'm still here. Yeah. But I haven't been recycled. Mm-hmm. But it's it's okay to feel like life is a lot. That's a normal thing to feel at times. We go through a lot as human beings. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. Take a break and then go right back in. Right. Did you start the Sad Guru book? No. He talks about that. Okay. Yeah, he talks about... If you're in a good place and you can take on as much karma as you can, you should. Who wrote this book or what is it? Sadhguru. You said you ordered it. The the blue book. I'm going to put it in the show oh, notes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I have so many books on my I know. My and I just gave it to a friend, so now it's gone. I don't have it here. But I will put it in the show notes. It's a Do book that. about karma. It's amazing. Yeah. Awakening or something. It's something with awakening. I and there's like. a weird yogi upside yes. down on the cover. Yes. Whatever. Such a good mm-hmm. book. Go read it. Um, but he talks about taking on your karma. And if you if you start burning through it, that you should kind of burn through as much as you can. Because yeah. if not, it'll show up later. Yes, I agree. 
So. So that's, yeah, that's, I think that's the main thing with, with the Yinny people or the, um, and then the question becomes like, okay, we know these effort and in ease. It's like, how do you balance that? You know, is the takeaway. And for me personally, I think as we've said much on the podcast, introspection is where you start. So you have to know where you're showing up. Like, am I showing up too busy? Am I showing up not busy enough? Checked out. And then the next step is, I recently just actually spoke at a recovery house on this exact thing. After you examine where you're at, you kind of search for your whys. Maybe like, what's going on in me that maybe I'm always busy? Yeah. Or what's going on in me that I never feel like doing anything? Yeah. And then I think the next step is, you just start to play with change. And I tell people, play with it. Don't look at change like, oh my God. Be like an, a scientist. Like, I have a hypothesis. You know what? I'm going to skip the gym this week. Um, and I actually had a, cl- a client recently. She's doing really well and good work. She's asking herself, what do I need to be nurtured in this moment? And That's it's so re- good. it's really helped her. She was like, I need to stay late at work to catch up because I don't usually. Or you know what? She was a gym fanatic. I need to go to the gym tonight to be nurtured. I need that yoga class on Wednesday night to be nurtured. Like, I think that's a good place to have the conversation with yourself. Yeah. Uh, would you say that's a kind of a good Oh, uh, absolutely. Balance? I totally agree. I just had someone come to me for energy healing today. And I was like, you know, you need to check in. And then look at why. That's exactly the same thing. Mm. What led you to be here? What's one thing that you can play with? Like, it's literally the same thing, just in a different context. But what I do want to say, and you and I were having this conversation, is that if you stand on one foot and you balance, (laughs) you can only stand on one foot for so long before your other foot comes to the floor. Yes. It's like a survivor challenge. It's Yeah. And so balance kind of implies that you're going to fall out of it oh i love that yeah it's not a state that we achieve and then we're like haha i shall be here forever Mm -hmm. it's a place where we are and we catch ourselves being like oh my gosh i'm in a state of balance and we try Mm -hmm. to relax into it so that we can enjoy it and then we fall out and using the tools that we gather along the journey, introspection, playing with change, being a little easier on ourselves, working harder, we get back to this place of balance quicker and maybe we stay longer and then we fall again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's this continual cycle. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's a good wrap up. Yeah, I think that's a good space. Yeah. Um, So maybe guys, you know, just think about how effort and ease shows up. And And how it shows up for you if you're a mm -hmm. practitioner of yoga. Oftentimes what we do in the room, we do outside the room. Yes. Oh, my God. So if you're someone that steps on the mat. Maybe you don't want a ton of introspection. Just look Mm -hmm. at your practice and be like, huh, does it reflect my life? Typically it does. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can read people yeah. in that room. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so check it out, guys. Thanks for Thanks for being us. here. We love you. Bye. Bye.